This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the Blood Red podcast on Friday, ahead of the big one, a huge showdown in the Premier League on Sunday, of course, between Liverpool and Man City at Anfield. I'm Sean Bradbury to host this one and with me I have a hat-trick, the perfect hat-trick I like to think of, on my left Dan Kay. Dan Kay, how are you doing? I'm very well Sean. Very excited for Sunday. Excellent, it is. Well, yeah, it's 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 a big game. Doily, how are you doing? Are you I'm very ex- I'm very excited for Monday. <laughs> for Monday. <laughs> <laughs> the game itself, you can take or leave at this yeah, stage. Just, just just get over it. Get over uh, it. Good. And of course, we have Paul Ghost. Ghost, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit more like Dan than I am with Doily at the moment. Uh, looking forward to the the big one on Sunday, and uh, looking forward to this pod. Excellent. Well, we'll crack on. Um, we'll start with you guys uh, to the far left there and take a look at Jurgen Klopp's press conference, which was earlier today. Ghosty, what did you make of it? What was his demeanour? How was how was Mr. Klopp looking ahead of uh, City? I thought he handled it quite well, actually, because um, any any chance that we can get, I was going to say we, I mean the, the press as a, as a blanket statement, to talk about Pep Guardiola with Jurgen Klopp, it's always a big winner, isn't it? And he was always going to get quizzed on, on loads of things, but I thought there was two topics that he handled superbly, which I thought was the the uh, the bus stuff. Um, Manchester City have spoken to Liverpool this week about safety concerns, about the bus on its arrival to Anfield, and Klopp was asked about it because obviously the Champions League quarter-final 18 months ago when a few fans lobbed a few flares and, and bottles at the bus, didn't he? Mm. He handled that well. He, he said, we take responsibility for it. It wasn't us, obviously, but... The fans were including as us, and we have to ensure that it never happens again. And 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 he urged the fans to get into the ground early, get in there handy, and basically create an atmosphere that's going to help the pool thrive to to get that massive win on Sunday. And, and he said everyone's got to be at their best, including the hot dog guy. Everyone's <laughs> got to bring their best performance on the day. So I thought he handled that quite well, and also the questions on Sean Cox as well. Obviously, we know Sean was was attacked by the Roma fans outside of Anfield in April two thousand eighteen. It's been an uphill battle for him and his family ever since, hasn't it? Um, he's been left with brain damage, but happily he is able to attend Anfield on Sunday. And Klopp said it was probably his lowest moment that he felt at Liverpool mm. when he heard that news about Sean being attacked. But on the flip side, the news that he is well enough to travel to Anfield this weekend has probably been the highest point of his Liverpool reign. So I uh, thought he handled those two questions particularly well. And he also spoke of his enduring respect for Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. And he said... Doesn't admire many teams, but he respects them, and City are, are one of the one of the top ones there. So, it's all. I thought he handled it all very well. Mm-hmm. Dolly, you were there as well. Do you, do you concur? Does Klopp seem like a man who's ready for the challenge that awaits on Sunday? He's become very good at, with the exception, as Gorsuch just said about the Sean Cox stuff and the 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 team coach. Is it a coach or a bus? By the way, I can never really get my head around this. I suppose it's a coach, is it, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not a bus. But then I'd probably say bus well. I don't think you'd be able to use your save away second. Yeah. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be getting the 10 8 to Anfield, would you, to, <laughs> with the Man City players? Anyway, um, other than that, he's become very adept at not saying anything in these open uh, press conferences, but different when he actually, to one side, you know, as many people who listen to this podcast know the way that it works is that when he speaks to newspapers, including Paul afterwards, it's in a separate little chat that they have. Um, but in the open thing to the television, he, he says a lot without saying anything particularly controversial. It wasn't always like that uh, when he first started. Not controversial, but sound bites, basically. Mm. He came up with a lot of them, didn't he, for the first couple of years when he was going through. And he was... Now it's more... He just wants everybody to concentrate on the game. And that's what, part of the reason why he was saying all that about it. He doesn't want to be you know, bothered about anything happening to the Manchester City team coach. I mean, he didn't say it, but he just wants 
Man City to have a hostile reception when they actually step out onto the pitch inside Anfield or within, you know, within the rules, the limits. Basically, the atmosphere that Anfield is for so many of these big games, look mm. at Barcelona on uh, last season, things like that. So I think that's what he was calling for there. I mean, it, it turns everything else. There wasn't really much that he said that was out of the ordinary. He said the stuff about, you know, he called Pep the best manager in the world. Wherever he goes, he makes a big impact on the, the teams that he, he manages. And he said that before. So I think he was just, he was going out of his way not to stir the pot and it, as much as it needs to be because some games don't need, you know, hyping up. You know, you only have to see what Sky are doing this week with their old, what was it, Super Sunday, Star Wars nonsense, Liverpool and Man City. <laughs> I mean, there's every chance, which we'll come to later on, there's every chance it could be nil-nil again. Yeah. And there's a very good reason why that would be nil-nil. And we, as I said, we can discuss that a bit later on, I guess. But, you know, it's a game that doesn't need hyping. And I think everyone's just now just get on with it. Let's see what happens. Mm. Given how much is riding on this one, Dan, and like Doyle says, it's not a game that needs much hype. Were you kind of impressed by how relaxed Klopp did seem? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Let's be honest, he's, he's got a fair degree of experience in managing the build-up to enormous football matches like this. You know, and not just since he's in the three and a bit years that he's been at Anfield. You know, he took Borussia Dortmund to Champions League final and, and, and um, two Bundesliga titles. And obviously, how many cup finals has he had? Four cup finals since he's been at Liverpool? And in, in terms of actual cup finals... But also untold numbers of big league games, big semi-finals, big quarter-finals. So he's an experienced manager. And I think, as, as the lads have said, I, you know, I, I watched most of it and I saw a fair bit of Guardiola's as well, actually, before I came into work today. And I thought uh, Jürgen in particular just gave off the right kind of vibe. You know, he had, you know relaxed, but focused. And I think that's what he will want and expect from his players on on the, on Sunday afternoon. And I see no reason to assume that uh, you know forty eight hours basically till they actually kick off nearest damn it. But you know the, these are honed, experienced, professional winners, <clears throat> and uh, on both teams to be fair. And as you know, as Doyle alluded to, as we might get on to, you know, it might not be the all singing, all dancing spectacle that Sky in particular would like it to be, but. Um, as I think Guardiola said at one point when he was asked about the Anfield atmosphere and is it going to be, you know, how much of an impact can it have, blah, blah. And he, he kind of sidestepped it a bit, made one slight passing reference to the coach business. Mm. But, but, the, but the key thing that struck me there was that he said, ultimately, we want to play in atmosphere, atmospheres like this. This, this, is, this is what you're in football for, to play in these huge matches that matter to millions of people. So it's, it's mouthwatering. I, I really can't wait. Mm. Ghostly, the last point I guess to touch upon in terms of Klopp's press conference then was injury updates. Bit of a mixed picture and bad news on Matip especially. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't wasn't anything unsurprising, was it? He, he was asked about uh, Jordan Henderson, who's shaken off his illness uh, to, to come through and I expect he'll play. Um, Jadon Shkiri's still injured and, and John Matip, as, as we pretty much guessed. So, I mean, it's a disappointment for Liverpool not to have him at centre-back, but I don't think it was one that caught many, many people by surprise. That knee injury just seems to be lingering, doesn't it? And Klopp doesn't really give any time frame on, on when he'll be back. He just just takes it game by game and just says he's not not available. Um, so it's a toss up then between Joe Gomez and um, Dan Lovren, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And we will move on to our team selection later. But then let's move on to Guardiola's press conference. Then now, Dolly, obviously, you guys were were at Melwood um, for for Klopp before, so this was followed literally hot on the heels, like. 
15, 20 minutes after Klopp had finished, Pep Guardiola uh, faced the media and took his questions. And the big news that came out of that was that Guardiola has said at least that Edison is definitely out on Sunday and that he can't play. Mm. How significant do you think that is? And do you think it's definitely true? I don't think it's definitely true, no. I also don't think it'll be massively significant because I can't see Liverpool having a game where they're going to have about 15,000 shots against Manchester City. Mm. And Bravo's not the worst goalkeeper in the world. So it'll only if, it'll only be significant if it ends up being a game of such small margins that he ends up making the mistake, the kind of mistake that he made in midweek, which, yeah. by the way, wasn't a sending off really, was it? No. But the fact is, what was he doing out there in the first place? So that might be something that Liverpool might look to prey on. I mean, you could say, well, you know, Manchester City's defence is going to be playing in front of a goalkeeper who hasn't played all that much in recent years, but a lot of them have played with him before. Train with him every day. Exactly, yeah. they train with him every day. So it's, it's not going to be completely alien. Was he man of the match in the Community Shield? Uh, he made a couple of good saves, didn't he? Well, we bashed him second half. Exactly, yeah. So there yeah. you go. So the, the recent form. You know, so the. Yeah, I completely forgot he played in that game, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, Liverpool did well there, but he did well as well. So, you know, he, he's not anywhere near as bad as I think some people thought that he was at times. But I'm pretty sure Manchester City would sooner have. Edison in goal, like Liverpool. Well, Adrian did well. They did much happier with Alison Becker being mm. in goal. So, is it going to make a difference? Yeah. Is it going to make enough of a difference? Probably not. Mm. Also, I think Edison will play anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> distinctly possible. Um, another player we've got to mention, actually, in both press conferences, Dan, was Raheem Sterling. Um, Klopp was asked about him, the impact he's had. Uh, on games against Liverpool, the type of player he is. And obviously, he scored in the Community Shield. And I think possibly was that for the first time. Against, against Liverpool, against yeah, Liverpool. I yeah. think it was, yeah. Um, and yeah, Pep was asked about him as well. What, what kind of, what do you think he'll be going through his mind ahead of Sunday? And are you particularly concerned about him? If I'm concerned, that, you know, I'm I'm in love with this Liverpool team, you know, and, and I think they've got every chance of making all our dreams come true come true this year. I wouldn't swap them for anyone. But if I, if I do have one concern about, you know, I have total respect and admiration for Manchester City as well. They're mm. obviously an outstanding team back-to-back Premier League champions. But if there was one danger man that you had to pinpoint, for me, it would be Sterling, who over the last 12 to 18 months, I think, has really now started to develop into the kind of player we all thought he was going to be when he came through the ranks at Anfield at the beginning uh, of this decade. And I think particularly the fact that City are obviously do have some injury concerns. They, they do have some significant absences. I think he will be very much feeling that there, there is an onus on him now to really step up. I think he's, he's already scored, what, 12, 13, 14 goals this season? Um, he hasn't, you know, I'm loath to say because you don't want to tempt fate. And to us, until you reminded me just before, I'd forgotten that he scored in the charity shield. I had in my head that he hadn't actually ever scored against Liverpool mm. since he's left. And, you know, he hasn't massively hurt us yet. But he will have in his mind that this is a, a prime opportunity to do that in a match that really matters with Liverpool already being, what, six points ahead after 11, 12 games? 11. 11 games this season. So he's a big player. Um, but let's not forget Liverpool got plenty of big players who will also want to who will, will also be wanting to make a big mark on Sunday. And you know, like I say, I wouldn't swap Sterling for any one of ours. But Liverpool will have to be very aware of his capabilities and do everything they can to shut off supply to him. Mm-hmm. Of course, the both press conferences today were were very respectful, as we've said, all the all the things that we touched upon already that were discussed in them. But obviously, in the build up to this over the last week or so, there's been a bit of tit for tat, a few. Uh, things exchanged, you know, talk of diving and tactical fouls between the two managers. What what brought that on, do you think? Because it was very different to the talk kind of last season and even before the Community Shield. 
Yeah, I think the the rivalry has been bubbling under for a while now, and between the two fan bases. But in terms of the managers, there's there's been very little other than mutual respect for so long, hasn't there? And um, some might argue that's the way it should be. I mean, for years, football fans have been fed on a, a diet of arguments and snipes with the likes of Mourinho and mm. Alex Ferguson and Kevin Keegan going back years and Arsene Wenger and Mourinho, Benitez and Ferguson and and that's been the way it's been built for 25 years and, and this has been a rivalry that's different because it's it's one just born out of respect and two clubs who are looking to just just be great essentially um, but I think the mask slipped a little bit didn't it last week when mm. Guardiola found that they put it four back and, and they were still six points ahead and he just went on, the, went on the attack. And what I thought was the most interesting about calling Mane a diver was someone must have showed him that clip on, on Twitter after the game because it was a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, so he wouldn't have been able to have seen it. So someone's come up to him and said, Pep, have you seen this? Mane's mm. been booked for diving. And he's, he's gone on the attack without even being prompted mm. about it, really. He was just asked a vague question about Liverpool fighting back again. And he's had a little dig at Mane. And then Klopp... Uh, on the um, Tuesday, just just before the the, the Champions League uh, press conference, he did a, another one of his uh, of his you know uh, written press, and he said, um, "I'm not even going to mention City's tackle fouls, or maybe I've said too much." Um, so that, again, that that was maybe a little little tip for tat and and a volley back, and it's been interesting that both managers were quick to kind of you know be contrite and, and say, "Well, it didn't really mean I've still got great respect for Klopp, still got great respect for Guardiola." But it's um it's interesting because it's never really been like that before, and I think it's probably been Guardiola pushing that a little bit more because he's for once on the on the other side of things where he's got a chaser. Mm. Yeah, what's brought it on is that City are six points behind Liverpool. That's the mm. only reason. That's the only thing that it is. It can be the only reason you saw at the end of last season where it was all very, of course, he said very respectful. And uh, I thought we had a disagreement, didn't we? I was like, oh, that was quite nice. And you were like, nah, you need a bit of needle. You need a bit of needle. <laughs> but uh, but it was like, it was like, um, oh, we, you're very good. You're very good. You're great. You're, you're great. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And it started, this season started a little bit like that. But it's kind of just been, it's been building, hasn't it, a little bit. I mean, we mentioned the coach thing before. I think that was... More, I think the fans is completely different. I don't think the fans yeah. like each other very much mm. for very, very different, differing reasons mm. to say Liverpool don't get on with Man United, for example, or Chelsea. Very, very different reasons. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of actually the, the teams themselves, seems to be getting on fine. I mean, it kind of all started probably with the clip, the video after the City won the league yeah. on, the, on the plane. While we we never did find out exactly how that came about and what was the context and everything it didn't look great for no. them and while they did apologise eventually um, it was a, wasn't was the most convincing of apologies shall we say from the club not from, from mm. Guardiola he, he was very he was like look we can't this is out of order but the club that's the problem is with City it's hard to separate the club from the team and I think there's a bit of an issue there that everybody's got a massive respect for the, the way that they play football okay tactical fouls but let's be perfectly honest a lot of teams do that. It's not a big deal. They're not holier than thou. You know what I mean? Like th- this is how teams win games. Um, but the club itself, Manchester City, is a bit of a different beast, and I think that's where a lot of the, shall we say, angst lies. It's not really directed at Pep or really at the players for Manchester City. But you can't stand there and uh, start jeering the opposition chief executive and chairman can you you know what I mean it's like they're not the ones that are out there every single day it's it's the, it's the players and, and all that kind of stuff and the fans so 
there you go. So uh, I think that's where this whole Man City-Liverpool thing's come. And, yep, Guardiola getting a little bit edgy, a little bit nervy. That's why he came out with those things. And uh, it's, it's, to be fair, all this season, he's been doing it every single time. Well, the two times that City lost in the league this season, first thing he's saying is, mm-hmm. oh, congratulations to Liverpool. Oh, ooh, Liverpool. I mean, the <laughs> second time he got asked specifically, the first time he didn't. He just game. came out and yeah. said it. Just came out and said it. And I know he's being like, haha, you know, well, we'll just give it to Liverpool the league now because we've lost one game, you know, and it was about four games in or something stupid like that. It's a long way to go, obviously, but just interesting. Basically, what Guardiola thinks is what everybody knows is that this entire league season for the title is going to be between Liverpool and Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think, Dan, there is a fresh spikiness to, to Guardiola this season? Is he different to what you witnessed last season? Well, yeah, I, I think so. And it reminds me a bit of um, <clears throat> a comment that Rafa Benitez came out some years ago when the Liverpool-Chelsea rivalry was at its peak when Mourinho was there and it was he, he made a comment along the lines of uh, we were quite friendly uh, me and Jose until Liverpool started winning and yeah. the fact that obviously Liverpool are now very credible contenders to take City's crown off them um, obviously with a long long way to go with what 27 league matches still to play but the fact that as Doyle pointed out he can't help himself almost but by coming out you know, there's an expression that that's been doing their eyes on the internet for a while, isn't it? Living rent free in his head. Mm. Um, you know, I think that possibly slightly overstates it to an extent. But as Gorsty said, this pretty much unprompted uh, snipe at uh, Mane after the game on Saturday, and there's been various other examples where you know it's it's that element of keeping one up, keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? And um, I, I, I think I think the right you know the rivalry has changed a little bit as well in terms of the supporters. If you remember toward you know, it, it does seem to me that there is a little bit of a chip on Manchester City shoulders that they feel they don't get the credit they feel they deserve for the football and the trophies that they've won in the last couple of years. Mm. And there may be an element of truth to that, but I think what they have to appreciate and, and I think you, you could see it from the reaction after the FA Cup final last season when they battered Watford 6-0 yeah. to, you know, to clinch a domestic treble, that City fan waded into the... Uh, Yes. Press box at Wembley, didn't he? Oh, it was yeah. given all. Oh, you're going to put more Salah on your back page now. now <laughs> Where was he from? Pressure? Birmingham, <laughs> Welsh, I think. Um, and you know, th- th- but the, but there's a reason for that. Um, whatever you know, the the still ongoing investigations into financial fair play find or don't find. The reality is that you know, it, th- th- there's a frustration on Liverpool part, certainly. You know which I can speak of as a Liverpool supporter, because obviously we've got the best team that we've had in generations. In any other year, era, we'd already have probably a couple of leagues under our belt. Mm. But because City have popped up, it makes it that much harder. Um, Doyle mentioned before you know, the, rivalry, you know, the comparison between the Liverpool-City rivalry and Liverpool-United, Liverpool-Chelsea. The difference between, say, Liverpool and United is that whatever the enmity and you know, the visceral feeling between Liverpool and Manchester United... There's still, I think, an underlying respect that Manchester United's strength and power in the game has been built over generations of success on the football pitch. Mm. The difference there between Manchester City and Chelsea is that basically they're like lottery winners. They've just you know, had like a handout from, from a rich owner. And particularly in City's case, they're essentially like the sporting arm of a country, of a state. So there's, that would maybe explain the slight kind of spikiness and, and on our side of it whereas on the City side of it obviously they've they've won all these trophies played all this wonderful football and yet 
there is a perception, and it's important to say it's not just in Liverpool fans, because that City fella wouldn't have waded into the press box if it was just Liverpool fans moaning about it. There is, mm. I think, the general football watching public have a slight sense of unease that basically they're just trying to bludge, financially bludgeon their way to success. Mm. So it, it's yeah, it's the the, the 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 relationship between the two clubs, sets of supporters and teams has taken on a completely different dynamic now. But it's fascinating. Mm. The other thing about City fans as well is that when they were not very good, like in the 90s, early 2000s, they were renowned as being great fans because they were in the second, third division, mm-hmm. sorry. Absolutely. They were getting 30,000 at these games. So no one's having to go with City fans in the respect of their loyalty to the club. It's just that, I don't know, it's, it's almost like they've found it very difficult to be able to cope with having this team because it's been such a swift turnaround from... You know, being okay, they were up in the Premier League, weren't they, for a few years when the when the new owners came in and took them over? Was it two thousand and eight? Tax and yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, and yeah. they did. They go down under him, or did they come back up? Again? No, I don't no, remember. They definitely no, went. They went down in the two thousand. City have been. City went down in two thousand one with Joe Royal. Keegan brought them back up the next year, and they've they've been up since oh. 0203, I think. Yeah, because they came, they were in the third tier about 99, weren't yeah. they? Then they went up, up, and then they went down, they went up, up again yeah. under Keegan. You'd say, yeah, 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 that's right. So, you know, was that 15, 16 years they've been in the Premier League? So that's, that's you know, that's long enough. And they, they are a club that obviously very historic. They've been around for 100, 125 years, something like that. So it's a long time. I think they're older yeah. than Liverpool. They, yeah, well. yeah, they won a European trophy in the early 70s. So, Gornick Zabazi, <laughs> Polish team. Thank you. <laughs> Cup Winners' Cup. Yes, so, yeah. yes. Um, so it's not as if City don't have any history themselves it's just that it's all happened very very quickly and the other thing the bone of contention with City is that they got they got given a stadium didn't they if we're being yeah. honest mm. yeah. they got given a stadium and I think that gave them a massive kickstart because if they didn't get that I don't think the owners would have come in because they've had to have paid for and built a new stadium and we've seen with Everton that's not always straightforward mm. <laughs> one, one point that I do want to make Sean just before you carry on is we were talking about Sterling then and, and, and fans and Sterling will inevitably get coming for booze on Sunday and I mean I suppose we're preaching to the to the choir here on the Blood Red podcast but that won't be those booze won't be anything to do with certain sections of the media and how they've reported on Sterling over the last 18 months uh, I think a lot of fans have got, have got quite a lot of begrudging respect for Stale and that, mm-hmm. and how he handled that. those particular incidents and those particular stories, um, if he does come in for booze, it will be solely reserved for how he left the club in 2016, was it? 15. 15. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's probably worth clearing that up, even though I know a lot of Liverpool fans will know that the reason entirely. And also because he's quite good at football. Yeah. And you well, need yeah. to try and put it's kind of laced with fear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it won't phase him. He won't be one bit bothered. He's great, isn't he? He is. He's very yeah, good. Yeah. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Last question I want to put to you then on the rivalry and the nature of the balance of power between the two clubs. Obviously, we've talked about how it I guess in some ways how it compares to you know an Everton or a Man United rivalry, which is much more ingrained, much more historic. And like Dan says, it's you know their, their meteoric rise. It's been fueled by fueled by recent injections of cash, makes it a very different thing. But go down the line on this. Do you think this is now the biggest game in world football, given given the stature of the two clubs? Ooh, Dan K, first of all, I think right now, yes, it is because I think they are the probably they, are, they probably are the best two teams in world football. <sighs> In terms of the biggest game, I mean, I think, you know, certain fixtures, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Man United, Celtic Rangers will always have a global resonance and, and you know, deep meaning to the teams involved. But in terms of, you know, people switching on to watch, 
wanting to see the best teams, the best players, the people at the top of their game at the minute, I think these are the two, yeah. It's interesting because this weekend it's, it's Juventus against AC Milan and Bayern Munich against Munich Bush. against Dortmund yeah. as well. Yeah. So you'd have to say, historically, those two fixtures are bigger. Mm. But Dan's right. In terms of the here and now, these are possibly... In fact, no, I'm going to go and say it. These are the best two teams in the world at the moment. I think yeah. so. And they'll be playing off. And people suddenly have got excited for the game. I've been not been saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. these, are, these, are the, these are the best two teams in the world with two of, if not the best managers in the world. Mm. I mean, we're looking at if it ends up being a Champions League final between Liverpool and City, which we were all fearing a little bit last year, you wouldn't be surprised. No. And these two are going to finish in the top two in the Premier League. Um, is it the biggest game at the moment? Yes. Is it the biggest game overall? Oh, no. Mm. Ghosty? Biggest fixture in... British football is Liverpool Man U. Uh, it's the most watched. It's the, the clubs are the two biggest fan bases across the world. But right now, United are in the doldrums, aren't they? And Liverpool v City is the two best teams. Um, not necessarily the two biggest clubs. City are, are, are nowhere near in terms of worldwide prestige and heritage. And as Dan says, that does take generations to build. But certainly the, the, the biggest, or the best teams, uh, no question, best teams in the world, I'd argue yes. Um but big, the two, two biggest fixtures for me are El Clasico and the Bill Man United. But these are these are the best two teams in the world at the moment. Mm. Who would you sooner beat, United or City? In terms of what though, in, in terms, terms of yeah. just just like it's it a, just, just, no, just a game. It's a game. It's there. Right here, right, right there. now. No, this it's, just a, it's just a game. It's a game. Right. Uh, United, Any season. United was the first instinct. Yeah, yeah. United is visceral, isn't it? Yeah. Comes from your gut. You know. What I mean, mm. obviously, from from people of our era. Yeah. You know, twenty five years of basically being playing second fiddle to them. But, uh, you know, if, if, if uh, you know, obviously we played United, what, three, four weeks ago and we drew 1-1. Now, if you could have said to me, you'll draw one, win one, I would have said, all right, we'll beat City this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, um, moving closer to the game and looking at things that have happened in this past week. Start with you on this one, Dan. Obviously, the Champions League games in midweek, I think you've got to say they could well be quite significant given Liverpool played at home a day before and then City, obviously, were away the day after. What did you make of that time? I mean, one of the maddest games this season. The, the City, City one. one, yeah. yeah um, well, I mean, from a Liverpool point of view, I don't think really you could have asked for it to have gone much better. They didn't win. Um, they didn't play that well from the look of it, particularly in the second half. Did, did they actually pick up any injuries? Edison, Edison, Edison. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Edison. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, remember that bit we were talking just, about for ages before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it just kind of it just showed that little sense of unease that you know. I mean, it should be said as well. Liverpool weren't exactly firing all cylinders ourselves on Tuesday yeah. night, but they got the job done. And then we were able to kind of sit back with an imaginary cigar and, and say to City, well, go on, let's see how you do. Um, so it, it was a strange set of games because no matter how professional both clubs and both managers and players try to say, well, we're concentrating on focusing on one game at a time. It's human nature. When you've got a game of this kind of gargantuan nature looming on at the weekend, you wouldn't be human if... And, and, and you know, I say that as a supporter because you know, I didn't. I was I was in here on Tuesday night, but the impression I got from what, obviously watching it and speaking to people who went was that everyone just felt a bit distracted. Everyone was kind of everyone's mind were on Tuesday, and thankfully we managed to get through ours relatively unscathed in terms of the points and injuries, and they didn't. So I think we kind of you'd take that, but it all counts for nothing. 
4.30 on Sunday. Mm. I think it was a box ticking exercise for both clubs. Yeah. I think more so for City because they're going to go through anyway. Liverpool needed to win, really. True, and that's so what they, so they, that last yeah, 10 So they, 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 there was a bit more on it for them and that's why you know, maybe City's draw, it doesn't really matter. The only thing that's come out of that is Edison being injured. Oh, by yeah. the way, the funniest thing of the season was Kyle Walker at the end. When <laughs> yes. he, not, not, not just when he went in, when he went in goal, but when he was, you know, Mendy was saying, just fall on the floor. You know, when he made yeah. that save. Yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh yeah. And he just like, <laughs> delayed down yeah, three yeah. seconds the free, later. The nearly spilled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Touch. Which is hilarious. <laughs> that's what, we should have more goalkeepers playing at, Outfield players go. It's one of the greatest things yeah. in the yeah. game. Yeah. We don't yeah. see any. Don't it's see any we need to see the keeper scoring. Yeah. Keep, we, need to see, <laughs> we need to see basically is Allison scoring overhead and then, and then Claudio Bravo getting injured. Not not a bad injury, just enough for him to can't finish the game. And then he was third. Is it, is it Scott Carson? Is yeah. it Scott Carson? Is his name? Yeah, Scott Carson. And then he then he gets sent off. And then. And then Kyle Walker's been subbed, so he can't go in goal. So they've got to put Raheem Sterling in goal. They're just staying for the <laughs> top corners. <laughs> if that happens, well. Completely forgot they got Scott Carson. I think Richard Wright's still there, isn't he? <laughs> well, best not put any, uh, any, was, any signs there, on the pitch. I was there for that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, last word to you on this one then, Gorsi. Do you think, do you think the circumstances of midweek, obviously Liverpool playing within themselves a bit, I take uh, Doyle's point, you know, they had to get a win, but they were able to kind of wind it down a little bit and like Dan said the eyes were all on Sunday whereas City being away the next day and having to battle yeah. and right, it wasn't an extensive amount of time with 10 men but what was it 15, 20 minutes it's, it's, that, yeah, it? yeah. No. well do you think that will all add up and will be a factor on Sunday maybe I think Klopp made six changes didn't he I think there was no Henderson I think he's probably likely to start um, no Andy Robertson he, he come off the bench didn't he no uh, Firmino Firmino didn't play he came didn't on for about a minute yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Mane came on, so yeah, possibly. Um, Liverpool will be a lot fresher than City, who, who played 24 hours later in Italy. That could could be a bit of a factor. Edison is one of the top goalkeepers in the world. Not having him will, will be a big bonus for Liverpool, even if Doyle doesn't think it's it's that big a deal. Um, <laughs> well, I think he's playing, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, all, all the all the little signs uh, are all little plus points for Liverpool, aren't they? All these little things just to take into this game and. Um, I, I completely agree with Klopp actually when he said that everyone on Sunday has to be at their best I think the fans need to make it like a real European game and I don't know whether, whether he said that in the press conference or, or the, the, the little breakouts after it but he mentioned Anfield under the floodlights and I think Klopp's got a big thing about mm. evening games in Anfield and, and the atmosphere that that can generate so He's hoping that it's going to be a, an incredible atmosphere, and I think we all are because it will that'll be, it will be. That'll be a, another that. another big plus point for the build to take into that game. Mm. Well, let's focus then now for a bit on the approach that we think, well, Liverpool but also City will take. Doyle, we'll start with you on this one. We've already mentioned last season how it kind of descended into a bit of a tactical battle, chess match, if you like, nil nil, and you know it wasn't the greatest game of football, but you can kind of see how it ended up in that situation, especially given that the teams were level, weren't they, on points going yeah. into the game? So you know. Everything added up to that. What? How do you think this one will shape up? I mean, City are yet. I think they're yet to play anyone who's in the top six, home or away, are they? So, um, have Liverpool got the chance to almost kind of really go at them and spring a bit of surprise on them? They have. I think it'll be exactly the same as last season. Mm. I think it'll be completely the same. City cannot afford to lose. They cannot afford to lose. If it goes to nine points, then you'd have to say even twelve games in, Liverpool have got to be massive favourites for the for the title. Miss Lee, as we've said before, there's quite a long, long way to go, but nine points is a lot at that stage, especially a team that's would have only lost one in 50 or something like that. 49 yeah, yeah, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it'd be 50, wouldn't it? Yeah, one in 50. So 
And it's the whole you know, psychological impact of losing. They'd have lost three in 12. And with, as you just mentioned, they've not played anyone from the top six. They've got an awful lot of hard games to come, City. So the injuries have come at the wrong time for them in that sense. Yeah. So they'll be just desperate to get out of Anfield with a point, I mm. think. For Liverpool, it's a bit different. I think they know they could make put out a big statement. But they also know, and Klopp, kind of alluded to this during the press conference he was talking about you know you can't just be on the offensive you have to look at the other team's strengths and try and counter them which he doesn't normally say he'll just normally say oh we just play our own game kind of thing um, so I think he's already looking at that he knows that I think he's kind of preparing the crowd not to, to for it to be like say the Champions League game but yeah. it was 3-0 or the 4-3 or the 4-3 yeah. where, where Liverpool just kind of they had little beaten. spells where they, were, they went for it which is not going to happen this time, mm. I don't think. I think Liverpool haven't been like that anyway all season. And I think it's almost like Liverpool have been building up to this game in the sense that a lot of the games have been close, a lot of the games have been tight. They've had to scrap their way through things and it's going to be a little bit like that. Or it could just be this is the day where Liverpool suddenly realise, oh, hang on, you know, we've got all our players playing here, we can just go for this now. Mm. We can do something. So I think if Liverpool score first, it does not make the game interesting. Yeah. Mm. If City score first... Tough, tough for Liverpool, mm. very tough because then City, that's the game plan is everybody back, fill all the holes and they're a team that's probably just as good at Liverpool at counter-attacking mm. or transitions mm. as the people pace say, got, yeah. say these days. Mm. Transitions just is just counter-attacking. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's not new. It's always been counter or they've hit them on the break. You know, so City are very, very good at that. So, yeah, first goal and then, of course... That's why it'll be so tight because both teams will know the first goal is so important and they will not want to concede it. Mm. Where do you stand on it, Ghost? I mean, it, there's an argument as well, I suppose, in terms of obviously some of the unfortunate injuries City have suffered, but the position that they're in, as, as uh, Doily outlined there, is have Liverpool faced the City, City team that have been in kind of, not, not disarray is the wrong way, but as kind of weak a position as this before, do you think? I don't think they have, actually. Thinking of, of all the games over the last few years... No, I mean, Liverpool certainly haven't played City as in a, a stronger position, um, and I think you might be able to, to argue that the same at City. Um, so, the, of, of the eleven games they've played so far, they've lost to Norwich and Wolves, and they've drawn with Tottenham, and they haven't played anyone in the top six. Liverpool are six points clear with a chance to go nine. So, yeah, I, I, I think you, you might have a point there, um, but you can't underestimate Manchester City. Ever because you know that they are the champions. They're mm. going for a third successive title. They've got 198 points in the last two seasons. Last season he barely had Kevin De Bruyne, and, and he, he's he's playing well again this season. So it, it, it's all just adding up to to be something special on, on Sunday, and I, I hope it delivers Liverpool's way. I really do, but I think Liverpool. I, I think both teams would take a draw now, and I think Liverpool would would, would certainly take uh, a draw just to keep the status quo going into the international break. Mm. Uh, go back to Palace at the end of November and uh, push on again. Mm. What, what do you reckon then, Dan? I mean, a, a draw does feel like it is, if there's a situation where, you know, that that could unfold quite easily, you'd almost think both teams would potentially take that right now. But I guess it's a bit of a risk-reward thing. Do you think the, mm. the potential reward of, of, in terms of Klopp's thinking, the potential reward of being nine points ahead will win out or will that, will that fear of it going down to three and City gaining a bit of momentum win out which which do you think will I think you know over the last year and a bit we've seen a more pragmatic Liverpool team this is not the Liverpool team of 2017-18 that 
ripped teams apart, but was a bit vulnerable at the back, as we saw, you know, particularly the FA uh, Champions League semi-final when we were 5-0 up mm. and then ended up just scraping through 7-6 on aggregates. They, this, you know, they, they, this is now a team that knows how to manage matches, knows how to manage seasons, how to manage their legs and their energy. Um, I just think... We, there was a perception maybe maybe a few weeks ago that you know, with Liverpool already opening up a bit of a lead, that City would have to come and win at Anfield. And I've never kind of... You know, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think if, if Guardiola walks out of Anfield at 8 o'clock on whenever it is on, on Sunday night with, with, with six points behind, I think he'd take that. Mm. Um, I just think that... You know, and, it, and it could end up being a similar, game, a similar type of game to last season, like Doyle said. Um, but I think the, the only thing that makes me maybe doubt that is the fact I think we're in a better state than when we were then even though we'd started last season very well I think we won what the first six or seven games I think I'm right in saying the, the build up to the City game which was like a month early it was the last game before the October international break I think we'd just about drawn at Chelsea the weekend before with Sturridge's last minute curler mm. and then we'd lost the way to Napoli in the, in the midweek with the, arguably one of the worst performances of the season and we just seemed in that in that um, the City game we seemed a bit unsure of ourselves and, and obviously Maris missed the penalty late on, but... I think Klopp admitted at the time that later on he said that they were tired because, we, we, because they, they also, in that batch of games they played Tottenham away and, and Paris yeah. Saint-Germain as well. And Chelsea it's not even twice, so much yeah. physical tiredness, I always think it's mental tiredness, yeah. you know, getting yourself up for these big games. Also as well, you know, this was a team that has, you know, got to the Champions League final the year before but obviously it had all gone wrong in Kiev. We brought a couple of players in. Fabinho wasn't really in the team at this point. Um, Alisson was only just kind of finding his feet. This now, though, is a Liverpool team that's, you know, as even Gary Neville has been saying, has been playing title-winning football for the last 18 months. Mm. And I think a year, you know, well, 13 months on, I think we are mentally much able to, mentally more capable of dealing with the pressure of and the intensity of a game like this. And so I think it, I think it'll be cagey from the start, but I think I think we'll, I think we'll go for it more than we did last year. Mm. Do you think, Dodie, that conservatism almost, I'm not saying against Liverpool, this Liverpool side are going to pack the defence and you know, really adapt their game for City, but you know, City, City arguably did do that when they came to Anfield last season. And if, if Liverpool tried something, I kind of get the sense it, it would backfire. Do you think that that's an argument for, for them to be quite you know, full-blooded and a full-on Klopp kind of pressing going forward performance? I suspect this game's going to, how this game goes depends on how Liverpool approach it. I mean, City might turn around and just go do something ridiculous and just massively go for it in the first 10 minutes because they think we haven't got any defenders here. Let's just see what we can do. Mm. I mean, there's every chance that could happen, but I don't think it will. Uh, it's going to be on Liverpool to, to whatever, how, how they want to approach it, how bold Klopp wants to be. I think it's going to be like almost like a European game, like a first leg where the first 20 minutes the teams are like, feel each other, each other out. Yeah. Come, what, where are we here? How's this going to go? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's something we're just guessing at for now. I think it's something that will change during the course of the game. I think it's one of these games where it will be the first 20 minutes, the first half hour, the first half will dictate how this how the game ends up when normally it's the, the other way around, isn't it? Where it's normally the second half that sorts things out. I think the first half will tell us an awful lot more about how, how these teams are. And it depends on how much confidence Klopp has in his players and his team. Mm. I mean, what was it? What was it 10 of 11? Games is, yeah. it, is it ten out of eleven? Yeah, they've gone and drawn the other one, so it's not as if they've not been doing too badly. But <laughs> this is almost like it's a it's it's almost like a completely separate game in the sense that none of the other teams are anywhere near as good as Manchester City. No. Mm. So I almost think you can almost almost not entirely but almost disregard all the other games. Mm. I just think it's now this is just one game. 
and Liverpool saw in the Community Shield, which I'd also forgotten that Raheem Sterling scored in, by the way. Um, <laughs> I also forgot Claudio Bravo was playing. Yeah, I was there, honest. Um, <laughs> he's got for Liverpool. Oh, Matip, yeah. Matip. Yeah. We saw in the Liverpool second half performance that they know that they can do something to the City team. Uh, that was a City yeah. team that was stronger defensively then yeah. than mm-hmm. it is now. And I also think, just on a separate point, I think Mohamed Salah might do something on Sunday. Mm. Well, he the community shield, got, he played very well. And I thought he had a decent game against Genk without getting the final touch. Or the, some of his decisions weren't great, although he did set up a goal. Uh, I just think Salah's building up to something. I mm. think he could do something. If, if people are going to win, it's going to be on him. Mm. Okay, well, two things remain. Uh, predictions, which we'll save to the very, very end. But team selection, um, I think we can just boil this down to well, it's a couple of decisions, really. Ghostly, we hinted at this before, the biggest dilemma, surely is at centre-back, especially in the absence of Matip. Lovren or, or Gomez, who are you going for? I'm going to go for Joe Gomez. I think now is the time just to leave him in the team and, and let him play himself back into the form that he was in before that injury last year. Mm. Doily? Lovren, he always plays against Man City. Mm. He pretty much does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. He does. And plays reasonably well. Um Dan? I'm really torn right to be honest my instinct was to say Lovren because I, I like Lovren generally even though he always has a, a Lovren moment in him but what Paul just said then about you know I, I forgot he obviously he did play on Tuesday night kind of got better as the game went on I thought and he's got a massive future for us you know as, as wonderfully well as Joel Matip has done you know I, I do see Gomez as being Van Dyke's long-term partner so I would like to see him reinstalled as a permanent fixture in the team sooner rather than later it's whether clock feels a game of this magnitude is the time to do it um, it's a toss of the coin job mm. as far as I'm concerned mm. Gomez is. played right back last time Trent did, didn't yeah. play yeah. Trent was on the bench because he had a bad game in, in Naples can't no. see that happening this time no. No. no but it's another example of how Liverpool may automatically become a bit more attacking because obviously mm. Trent's a bit more of a yeah. progressive player than Gomez is. Mm. Who are you saying? I'm gonna go with Lovren. Oh, two two. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just to yeah, I think I think you're right. He's he's kind of in in these. He's had more experience of these this type of game. And I, it, well, this will also be. I mean, this moves us on to the second point. Will, will this be the first time Fabinho has started yes. a league game against him? Yeah. I think you know. Again, if you've got him screening in front of him, that is a big factor, and will essentially. Well, hopefully allow Liverpool to get away with a little bit more by playing playing Trent at fullback rather than Gomez. Um, so yeah, Lovren for me with Fabinho in there, which does lead us on to the midfield question, which is surely it is Fabinho plus two. So who are your twos, Gorsley? Mm. <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to put Oxley chamberlain in there because he's amongst the goals and he's actually just won Liverpool's player of the month. Um, mm. But I'm going to stick with the tried and tested Henderson and Wijnaldum. Dolly, do you concur? Um, hmm. I think Klopp will play Oxlade-Chamberlain, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think Even with Trent yep. fullback? I think he'll play him. But if he plays, that means he has to play Henderson. Okay. Yeah. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I play. Mm. Um, in which, come back to me in a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Um, like... Gorsley, I, you know, I, I've got a lot of time for Oxley Chamberlain, and you know, and also I'm a believe, kind of a believer in horses for courses, and you know, the two big games against Man City in the spring of 2018 or winter spring of winter 2018, he scored two big, brilliant goals for us. Mm. He's clearly getting close to the player that he was before he he got that horrendous injury against Roma. 
It's a, again, like with the centre back, it's I'm, I'm sitting on the fence getting splinters in my arse. It, it's a real, <laughs> it's a real toss of the coin job. Um, but I suppose the fact that you know we are in this position, like you know, I think mentally we're we're more resilient and tougher than we were a year ago, and able to kind of cope with the magnitude of a match like this. Yeah, Chamberlain plays alongside tough. Henderson. And we've seen what, what a riled up Ginny Wijnaldum can do from the bench before, haven't we, against mm-hmm. Barcelona? Mm-hmm. So maybe he'd be the one to miss out for me. Even, you know, he scored a, scored a cracking goal in midweek. It's nice problems to have for the manager, isn't it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We've got decent options there now. I think if it was Matip at centre-back and just you could rely on that defence perhaps, just that slight yeah, little bit more, I think maybe then you could sneak Ox in there. But for me, it would be Henderson, obviously Fabinho and Wijnaldum. So don't I think Henderson and... No no shouts for Milner? I think Milner will be first sub, actually. Mm. Sub. Yeah, yeah. First he's sub. Always the, he's the best first sub, yeah. whether you're winning mm. or losing. Um, Henderson and... I'm going to go Ox. I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, yep. he's gone for it. Um, That's Ox, not the Ox. Right. Because in case Joe's listening <laughs> later on. Um, I think everything else pretty much fits into place, doesn't it? Robertson, Trent, no one's doing anything mad up front. Just, uh, just no, check. no, Brewster. Sean Dundee. No, Harvey no, no. 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 Harvey no. no. Not, not quite yet. <laughs> Jones. <laughs> um, well, all that remains then is predictions. So we'll go down. We'll go down the line the other way this time. So, uh, Gorsley. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. Mm. <laughs> one, one. Thank you. Two on to the mighty Reggie misery. <laughs> 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 I was going to say 0-0, but then Liverpool can't keep of, a clean sheet. I'm in danger of becoming like Mark Lawrence we're in Liverpool with every game from now until the end of time. <laughs> uh, well, I'll go 2-2, two, two, just for something slightly different. I'm the but, only yeah. one thinks Liverpool are going to win, yeah. I think Liverpool can win, but then I also think Man City can win, hence yeah. the draw. Both teams <laughs> can win, you know what I mean, but we asked for prediction. Well, I think Liverpool will win, so we'll see you right on Monday. I would like to see um, what happens in the first 10 minutes, then I revise my... Uh, okay, we'll <laughs> revise my... We'll get a cap here back yeah. here. Should yeah. we make it back for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> Come back to you there. Yeah, we'll yeah, do a special 20-second pod. Yeah, I think it's going to be 2-1. <laughs> Just let me watch the first 18 and then I'll tell you. <laughs> Hedging uh, your bets there. Right then, on that note, we will leave it there and we will, of course, be back on Monday to uh, pick the bones out of how it does go, this huge showdown between Liverpool and Man City at Anfield. So, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.